Alliance of Women Filmmakers, this is Visionary Voices, behind-the-scenes conversations with groundbreaking women and non-binary filmmakers from around the world. I'm Diana Means. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Today, we are speaking with Alana Shilava to discuss her film, Mavka, winner of the Best Youth Film in the 2021 Women Voices Now Film Festival. In Mavka, two girls on their way to swim in a lake talk about their everyday life and their experiences developing into young women. It is an ordinary day swimming in the lake until one of the girls meets Mavka, a mysterious spirit from Ukrainian legends. Alana, welcome to the show. Uh, Hi, uh, thank you for having me. Let's get started by having you talk a little bit about your background as a filmmaker and how you ended up screening your film in Women Voices Now. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm uh, from Ukraine. I grew up here and I live in this uh, beautiful country. Uh, my interest in filmmaking developed when I was about 15 years old. And uh, I directed and shoot Mavka when I was 17. And basically, uh, this movie, it contains two topics that are very close uh, to me, close to my heart, to my experience. Uh, One is uh, women and female rights. It's like coming of age story, the things that uh, girl, at least from my girls, at least from my perspective, experience uh, through um, their adulthood uh, when they're passing this age, like from children to teenagers, like young young women and also it contains an elements of like magical realism it's um, has a strong bond with ukrainian mythology with the image of mavka which here in ukraine i guess is one of the most popular images in our mythology and in literature as well it's uh, an image of a young woman who was drowned or in other interpretations is like a, a spirit of the river. So it's like this delicate uh, female uh, figure, uh, which is living in, uh, somewhere near the water and contains a lot of uh, senses and meanings in herself. And so uh, Mavka is basically this uh, mix of these two topics. And uh, it was like my first uh, series, I guess you can say, a short film. So it contains uh, a lot of meaning to me. And uh, there was a submission for uh, Women Voices Now Festival. Uh, When I was applying, it still allowed uh, fiction films in category for youth. Uh, As far as I know right now, it's mainly focused on documentaries. Uh, But uh, back then it was like fiction uh, films as well. And so I decided to apply. And uh, honestly, it was a very great experience for me because I remember when I was 15, when I only began, uh, when I start, uh, got interested in filmmaking, I was searching in the internet, like uh, films on feminist topic and stuff like that. And I actually accidentally got the link of the library that uh, Women Voices now have, like this whole website with the collection of films uh, through the years. 
And I remember when I was 15, I was looking at it. It was like, oh my God, it's like so cool, like uh, so <laughs> over the top for me. And then a few years passed, I directed Mavka. I applied to the festival without knowing about the library. And it turned out that uh, now it's uh, also in this uh, Women's Voices Now library, which is like, was a great uh, way to see my my past through, um, sorry, my path through this couple of years, like when I was only starting and thinking like, oh my God, and now I'm, uh, my film is in, is in collection. So it has like this uh, backstory for me. So. And not only in the collection, but, you know, the actual winner, best uh, youth yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, also that point. Congrat- yeah. yeah, congratulations on that. From talking to other filmmakers, I'm told that, you know, sometimes girls in their coming of age in Ukraine, as well as other places, go through discrimination and that sometimes that can be more violent. And this film alludes to not only the violence of it, but the psychological abuse that can happen. Was that your intent in making the film? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I wanted to show basically the history of abuse towards women. I mean, now it's uh, a little bit uh, different for me since uh, war is going on in Ukraine. And so I can see more directly some of uh, this uh, uh, horrible aspect of this question. But uh, back then, uh, when we were talking about, for example, about feminism and female rights, uh, an argument that uh, you can often hear was like, well, you have a right to vote, you have a right to work, wear pants, like, can you uh, uh, tell me like the direct uh, situation of discrimination? Like, why do you need feminism right now and stuff like that? And I just wanted to show that uh, abuse and discrimination and psychological pressure is still present. It still exists in our lives and takes a great place. And so, yeah, maybe it's not like in violent form when it was more uh, common in the past, like uh, violence towards women, I don't know, maybe was happening in a larger number, we can say. And back then, like we needed feminism, but right now, no. Uh, but no, this abuse is just uh, transforms uh, and it still exists in both forms, physical and uh, psychological. And that was one of the goals to show it in the film. Well, you did a great job of, you know, showing that and alluding to that and making the audiences think throughout the film. You know, what were some of your challenges making the film? Were you fleeing um you kiev at the time was the war going on or just starting in ukraine at the time uh no this uh, film was uh, created in uh, 2020 uh, 21 like we finished shooting uh, in summer 2020 and uh, in 2021 finished editing i guess something like that uh, so uh, right now it feels it feels to me like a very long time ago uh, the war was going on in ukraine at that time uh, the war has been going on for 8 years now uh, but it was on a territories uh, that are closer to russia and uh, russia didn't uh, bomb our cities like they do now so it was like a safe, uh, great life. I, I could allow, my, allow myself at 17 to make movies. Like right now, I, if I was 17 right now, I wouldn't do it for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. And we shot it, uh, 
near the Kiev, we had like two locations. Um, one we should like in Kiev with the river because we have like this beautiful place with water near my parents' uh, home. And the other one, it's um, we have like a small uh, museum uh, here in Kiev uh, on an open air uh, with this. I forgot this uh, word in English, but when uh, it's one of the stills when girls are passing and they're like this big, uh, <laughs> I don't know, old. Uh, buildings made of wood on the background i don't know how to say it in english but anyway uh we have this like uh, museum on an open air and they allowed us to shoot there and so i used uh, this as an opportunity like to show this kind of uh, vibes of an old uh, ukraine old history and stuff like that and yeah about the challenges there were a lot a lot i mean i right now i understand that it was kind of like crazy that I was doing this at 17. I was just like, why not? And uh, yeah, there were a lot of uh, kids uh, in the film, mainly children. We don't have like, uh, all the actors are underage because I needed like two young girls, uh, spirits who are also these like young children and teenagers. Yeah, so I feel I felt responsible for those uh, child actors and uh, what they're going to experience. And uh, I wanted to make sure that everything was comfortable. So I worried a lot, mainly for people. We had also one day shooting when we decided that we need to reshoot everything. So it also was very stressful. But in the end, I'm proud of the result and I'm happy that it ended up being the way it is and all the paths that this film had. It's uh, it's a great experience and I'm happy that I have, have it in my life. Yeah, talking about the children in the film, how did you cast it and what was that experience like? Yeah, about casting uh, children, I mainly did casting on uh, uh, some uh, characteristics that I found uh, feeling uh, for characters. So for, I don't know, girls who are like spirits, I cast uh, like a certain age kids with long blonde hair and stuff uh, like that. So they could get this like uh, mythical spirit vibes. Uh, for uh, teenagers, I also, it uh, ended up that a lot of them were like from modeling <laughs> agencies, which is, I guess, interesting. And uh, for main uh, characters, I was looking, uh, it, it take uh, quite a time to uh, found the main heroines because, uh, well, I was very worried uh, that some parents, of course, because when you're working with child doctors, you need to have the consent of their parents. So that some parents might be, I don't know, so open-minded or might not uh, really understand uh, the meaning of a script and stuff like that. So uh, did you run into that with the parents in terms of did you have to explain your vision to the parents? And was there any pushback on that? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I just needed to uh, communicate, uh, for example. There is a scene uh, uh, where girls, they're talking about uh, pubic hair uh, and uh, I needed like to write some notes that like, it will be fine. We won't show anything like uh, that you might find disturbing or stuff like that, because it's it's a very delicate thing. But at the same time, it's real. It's what the girls are talking about at that age. It's like, it's a part of life. 
but uh, talking about it, exposing it on a screen and make uh, child actors, like actually said, it's uh, a different kind of uh, vulnerability. And the other girl, the red one, uh, Masha, I guess she, her name is in the script. I actually spent some time looking for this like kind of uh, cool girl uh, archetype and it ended up um, a daughter of my mother's friend. And she was just like, she's so naturally fit into the role that I, I have to say I was a little bit like surprised in the end that all uh, the child actors did, in my opinion, such a great job. Like they did it so naturally, so lightly. and. Uh, it's uh, a great uh, luck and uh, a great credit to their talent as well. Because uh, usually working with child actors, you're not expecting much, but uh, the stakes are not as high as for adult actors. Uh, but in that case, I would say that working with this team of child actors was one of the greatest experience of working with actors in general for me. It was real. I mean, it was very, very authentic and it felt like taking a walk through my young adolescence. It's exactly what adolescents talk about, um, their attitude. They just came off very real. It did not seem like child actors on that scene. It It seemed like a scene out of high school. It's a great compliment. And then you came back in 2022 for Women Voices Now. And were you one of the judges? Or did you program any of the 2022 films? Uh, unfortunately, I did not uh, because uh, at this very period of time, a uh, full scale uh, uh, war started. And uh, I really wanted to participate at some point. I even contacted uh, with a representer and they asked me like, Can, are you still interested? Can you do it? And I was in Poland at the time and I was like, yeah, I am interested. I want to do it. But in that it didn't work out because, well, I had uh, a lot of other problems and questions I needed to solve. Still, I have to say that uh, communicating with uh, women voices now was and still is a great experience for me and uh, like uh, since the full scale war started uh, the team wrote to me and checked if i'm all right and we still keep in contact uh, till that this day and uh, here we are recording a podcast uh, but here, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to create a program to jury, which is a shame for me because I was uh, excited and I really wanted like uh, to see films and stuff. But uh, I don't know, maybe in the future, there will be such an opportunity again. <laughs> and I'm sorry, did you say you were in Poland when they reached back out to you for judging? Did you have to leave Kiev? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the full scale, uh, like uh, full war happened on 24th of February. And uh, the next day, uh, 25th, I left Kiev uh, with my younger brother to Lviv. Uh, this is like uh, the city It's closer to Poland, like it's it was safer at the time and it's still safer in a way. I mean, uh, the bombs still can reach uh, the city, but it's not uh, so uh, such a dangerous place as the territories which are closer to Russia. And we were there for some time, and uh, I can I think we can say that all spring I spent then in Poland. We crossed the border, 
and uh, till the end of spring we were staying in Poland. And you're back now, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm back in Kiev and uh, I guess I'm going to be back in Poland for work uh, during the nearest uh, months, but uh, right now I at least have opportunity like to go to Poland and to Kiev to be back with my family and friends. Well, I am glad that you are back and that you are safe. And what's next for you as a filmmaker? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, fair to say that uh, fair to say that right now the industry is kind of uh, frozen in a way. Like still, uh, music videos can be filmed, but uh, it's uh, dangerous and not safe to organize like a full uh, scale like shootings of a feature film or even short film. It's like uh, on your own risk, and you cannot guarantee a safety to your film crew. So it's is questionable. And plus, all the money from the government are going on the military system, military support, which I fully understand and like have no uh, questions. And uh, so it's like problems now with financing, with the ability to shoot. Uh, and uh, I know that filmmakers, uh, more famous, uh, they're creating documentaries right now which is great, but I'm personally, I'm not a documentary filmmaker. And uh, I think that people who are great at this field, who are great at this job should do their job. They should be like creating those stories and uh, shooting those materials. I just understand that it's not for me. Uh, still, however, uh, I'm not uh, losing the hope uh, to shoot my feature film. Because uh, here is a funny story. We have um, an institution here in Ukraine, a Ukrainian Cultural Fund. And uh, in February, it had uh, this um, program for development of um, film projects. And on 25th February, there was a deadline. And on 24th, the full scale like war started. And right now, this program is also, as if I understand, like frozen because, like, again, all the money. Are going on the military and uh, yeah but uh, the thing is that i had and still have a project uh, again about women on feminist topic but also a very interesting topic to me uh, not which is not only limited by female perspective that i still want to create i still think that it can be great and uh, yeah i also think i can see that uh, in the next year, somewhere in the future, I also would like to create some film, feature film, which reflects on topics of war and how it uh, reflects on women, but also to do it in kind of like interesting way, maybe borrow some like elements of magical realism again and mythology like I did with Mafka. So I have some hopes and ambitions, but I just uh, don't know uh, when I'm going to get the opportunity to realize them. And speaking of funding, how did you raise the money for Mavka? Yeah, it also was a very interesting story. I've uh, created a co uh, crowdfunding page for that, uh, which was uh, a very, again, it was a very <laughs> interesting decision. Uh, but yeah, I've collected money basically on a crowdfunding page and it wasn't a big uh, number at all. It, I mean, right now when I think about it, it's like uh, fun, funny how how low was was the bar. 
but at that time it was like all we were all like uh, the whole film crew were basically like kids we were all like 17 plus minus and uh, everyone agreed just to work like <laughs> for experience for fun and we didn't yeah so it was like crowdfunding but it was uh, an experience in a way that uh, we didn't have like such a high stakes like to apply for an oscar and stuff like that and still it turned out to be very beautiful meaningful film and so, what yeah. is the crowdfunding page in ukraine what was the crowdfunding page called uh it was called uh, spilnokost i don't know if they're still uh, working right now but as far as i checked they had uh, some it's like platform where you can apply uh, create a project, people there reach out to you, say what to edit in this project, and then you're just like uh, collecting money. So it's what's, it's called Spilnokost. Uh, I guess they're still active, but I'm not sure. And you said the Ukrainian Cultural Fund, that is suspended right now because all monies are going towards the war, correct? Mm, yeah, yeah, in a way. I mean, I'm checking the news. They're also like reaching out to different cultural organization around organizations around the Europe. And uh, basically for Ukrainian culture, the best way right now is to uh, get the findings on culture from uh, other countries, like um, because uh, our own findings are all going on the military. Uh, but so, so far as I see, yeah, they've frozen that uh, project till the end of uh, till the end of war, which might take some time. Well, Alana, thank you so much for your time today, and stay safe. And I look forward to anything that you do in the future. And I also look forward to you coming back to Women Voices now, either to present a film or to help them with their next selection of films. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Alliance of Women Filmmakers is proud to partner with Women Voices Now to present this podcast. Women Voices Now uses film to drive positive social change that advances girls' and women's rights globally. For more information about Women Voices Now, Visit womenvoicesnow.org to learn more about Alliance of Women Filmmakers and other organizations that we partner with. Please visit lawomensfest.com. Visionary Voices is produced by Diana Means with editing from Otaku Media. Visionary Voices is a production of Alliance of Women Filmmakers and made possible in part by a grant from the Department of Cultural Affairs. Our website, visionaryvoicespodcast.com. Yeah.